T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Both hailing from parts unknown at a combined weight of 501 pounds. They are the Morning Rush Hour World Tag Team Champions. They have no fear, no back down, just a couple of gutsy guys. No one will take those MRH World Tag Titles from these men. It's Taz, it's the Moose, illustrious champions, right here every day on CBS Sports Radio. You know it's every day, Moose and Taz be paving the way. Talking about every sport, you know that they never missing a play. From the NBA to the NFL, the college games. They always bring in the knowledge, nobody ever can try to go stop it. Only be talking the truth, only be talking the truth, hey. Ah, yes, it's Taz of the Moose with you here on this Friday morning. Bogus in for Taz, who's off here on this Friday morning. We've got college picks. We've got NFL picks coming your way later on the program. We're going to chat with Tommy Bowden as well, uh, ACC Network analyst, former head coach down uh, at Clemson. As we come to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios, who understands that it's not just a mortgage, it's your mortgage. That's the difference. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. There you go. Peter, are you happy with that? There you go. All right. 855-212-4227. Your number to call CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Let's head out to uh, beautiful Oxnard, California. I've never been there, but I assume it's beautiful. It's Brandon at CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Brandon? What's up, Moose? Uh, What's up, Bogus? Uh, What's up, I was Brandon? calling to, to make two two quick points. Uh, the first one is that I look at it that I look I'm I'm not really too, too upset about the Kawhi deal because for the simple fact that when Kevin Durant run call himself rushing back, you know what I'm saying he it, 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 um he turned around and got hurt. Same thing with Isaiah Thomas. Now if uh if Kawhi would have gotten hurt. That whole conversation would have changed around to where we um, everybody would have been sitting up there talking about he should have never had came back if he felt if he didn't feel comfortable enough to health, healthy enough to come back. So and, and and then you hear a lot of people saying that um, a lot of times you hear them say that the uh, the regular season doesn't really mean that it's what you do in the postseason. Well, can I get to the postseason? You know what I'm saying? If I sit out a game, it, you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a bunch of hoopla about it. But at the same time, it's the same people that sitting up there saying that the regular season doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? And at, uh, uh, that was my first point. I'm, I'm going to um, listen to you in a minute. And when you mentioned about the Kanye West deal, I'm going to tell you right now, for me being a black man, it's a lot of blacks that's upset with Kanye. Trust me, Deion Sanders would end up a coach before they turn around and vote for this dude to be a president. I'm going to get off the line. All right, so Deion's got a better shot at being head coach of Florida State than Kanye, president of the United States. Yes, he does. All right, well, Brandon, let me ask you this then. Uh, because I threw the question out to Bogish, you know, why the softening of the NBA player? 
Why, you know, why could, you know, I really call, want you to call an NBA player soft to his face. Why did, no, it, for playing R.J. Barrett 37 minutes a night. I mean, they, he's 19 I mean, years I, old. He's 19 I mean, years said, old. You're, you're, you're just like me. I, like I said, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying um, I understand the, situ- the, the scenario, but I don't agree with it because I'm an old school ball, basketball player. I remember when Jordan was playing with There the you go, Brandon. And a bad ankle. Yes! That's what I'm used to. And he showed up and he played. These guys nowadays, it's it's something else. I don't like it, but that's just how how they they got it now. I don't understand it. Uh, You know what, Brandon? So, why? that's why I don't understand why, you know, 30 years ago, we have, you know, the, the, the athletes bigger, faster, and stronger. Right there's there's more stuff that they do to take care of their bodies. Right, I mean there were you know guys used to go in a cold tub you know in an NBA game. Now they're you know now they're going to extreme measures to revitalize their body. Right, and yeah. and and that's all well and good, fine. But why why could Michael Jordan play 82 games in the regular season or 80 or 78 in the regular season and still go out there and win and be the MVP of the NBA Finals and be the best player in the planet? But now guys need to rest 20 games a year in order to be no, fresh okay, okay, stop, time. Stop, 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 stop. Well, Kawhi what, Leonard took off 20 games last year. 22. 22 games because he was coming off an injury that we still don't know what it was. We don't know how significant it was. We don't know how he felt day to day. We don't know what was required of him to get through last season to be as good as he was at the end of last season when they won the NBA title. You cannot sit here and say that guys are taking 20 games off per year because that's not happening. It happened last year. He did. Yes, Because he he had an injury that didn't didn't allow him to play the year before. Kawhi Leonard no longer trusted that. Let's hold on a second here. You think it's you think off a quad injury it takes him two calendar years to get I over a quad injury? I don't know what the quad injury was. No he one was would tell us. He was here working out in the Hamptons in New York City. No one would tell us he was what the issue was. Playing pickup games, right? Move. No, no. Go ahead. Sorry. Yo, go ahead, Brandon. That, that, that's the re- that's the main reason why when I hear a lot of statistics talking about oh I think I think LeBron could have played in, in in such and such era. That's why I disagree. Oh, if you go, seen, if come you on, the guys. If you come the on. Listen, if he's a linebacker Jordan, playing let me, point let me, forward. Let me let me make my point. If if you've seen the way Jordan used to get knocked around by the Bulls, think about it. If they're crying about these small little these small little injuries and sitting out games, do you really think they could have played in that era? Yes, yes, I think LeBron James. If you, LeBron James is a generational player, is an all-time player. LeBron James could have played in nineteen hundred, in two thousand, and twenty one hundred. And LeBron James is one of the first people that started that, oh, load management. I've never heard Jordan say that. No, never. You know what I mean? I've never heard Jordan say that, but LeBron Not when it came to basketball. No, I agree. Uh, Brandon, I, I listen, I, I, I don't, and I don't disagree with you. I mean, listen, I disagree with you about LeBron. I mean, LeBron could play in any era. Now, uh, the game's more wide open. The game's more offensive. Guys are shooting threes. Uh, I think Biseglia finally got my joke. Uh, but the very fact no. remains, well, fine. There, but the fact remains here is that when you look at the way the game is played now, guys don't want to be touched. Guys don't want to be hit. Guys want free runs to the rim. That was no. That was not the case on a lot of nights in the NBA 20 or 30 years yeah, ago. And you know it what? just wasn't. I, it was I, a more physical brand of basketball. Sure. And you know what? And Yesterday, it bothered the NBA. And they made the and it should have. Why you know why? Have. Because I because yesterday's my timeline on Twitter was 
full of this one video. The last person that I saw retweet it was Trey Wingo from ESPN. This video of the rough and tough 80s and 90s of guys clotheslining people and sucker punching people and undercutting people. That is ridiculous. There shouldn't, that should not have ever been allowed in the NBA. It should have been stopped then. It shouldn't exist now. I'm not talking about sucker punching guys. This is not Rudy Tomjanovich getting punched when he's not no, looking for it. But I don't I mean, need to see this, Robert Parrish and Bill Ambeer having fist fights. It was stupid no, then. It it'd wasn't. be stupid now. Yes, it, wasn't. it was. It's not even it's not even the brawls on the court. It's the physical physicality of the game. The physicality of the game. The NBA looked at the Knicks and Pacers and were bored by it. So they said, we want to get rid of it. Let's get rid of the armbar. Let's get rid of the head check. Let's get rid of all of it. You can't touch a player in open space. You open up the court and now you get what you get now. If you miss that, then I fine. I'm not going to change your mind. But I, the, this, this. You don't think you don't think it's gone completely off. End? You oh, don't think the, they. You no. don't think they've gone to the complete opposite end of it. I, I know to where the they've obliterated is, it all. I, I know the game is different. What I don't have is this undying love for physical play that I needed to be back now that I'm holding it against all of these guys that play. In the, I mean, we just no, had a call no, and say LeBron James couldn't survive the 90s against the Pistons. I don't, the dude's 6'8", 250. He would have killed Isaiah Thomas or Joe Dumars oh, if they see, ran into him. Oh, not Come the way on that now. He, what do you mean? I, I, LeBron James goes to the goes to the court like he's, like he's playing for the Spanish soccer team. <laughs> when he gets touched okay. for a guy at his size. He does. Okay. He's constantly co- – he complains more to the referees than Sidney Crosby does for the Penguins. Because Jordan kept his mouth shut all the time. Uh, no, no, I'm not saying that. But Jordan was also taking hits. Okay. Jordan was taking hits. Yeah. Hit. The Pistons got in Michael Jordan's head. Yeah, and how did that work? What do you mean, how did it work? How did they get for, in his head? They it worked for quite him. some time. Yeah, until until he was... Until finally he figured it out. And, and That's what all-time greats do. Right. And he figured it out. And he figured it out. No doubt about it. And the, I'm not talking about the fact of knocking guys on the rear ends. You don't think hand-checking should be allowed back the, in the, the NBA? The first time the Bulls were better than the Pistons, like top-to-bottom roster-wise, they won. You don't think hand... No, no. Hold on a second. Do you think hand-checking should be allowed in the NBA? Um, Should I be able to be able to place my hand on a player playing defense? I believe you can put one hand on. You can't put two. Not like you used to. Not like you used to. They call it all the time. Do you think you should allow hand checking in the NBA? Of course, Moose. There are certainly too many whistles. Have they in the gone NBA. to extremes allowing offensive basketball? Do you want to see guy? Do you want to yeah, see teams I, shooting sixty threes in a basketball game? Is that great game? And see now we're all now we're all over the place. No, in I'm terms not of being shooting all over jumpers. the place. Yeah. My point being is no, no. You're go, I'm going to the extreme that you went to. You're talking about a Trey Wingo tweet in which there are brawls on an NBA court. I never talk about brawls. No, no. I never, I but never the brawls talk. start because guys are going to the rim I, and get knocked on their butt by absolutely. fouls that shouldn't be because that shouldn't have but happened. But not every time guy went to the rim was there a brawl. Not every single time. The Pistons took it to the nth degree. Knicks and Heat took it to the nth degree. Right. There were teams that did it. That, that you know, but there was there ever a you know was you know Knicks and Suns. Remember the whole Greg Anthony, Doc Rivers was part of that team, and uh, you know Greg Anthony or Doc Rivers wearing the Hawaiian shirt on the bench and everything like that. But anyway, I digress. I'm going to the extreme of the way the game is opened up in the NBA. Right. And that's the problem I have is I think they've gone to the extreme the other way. You want to say, okay, I don't enjoy 82-76 finals in the NBA where you're having 18-point quarters. All right, that's fine. You don't like that brand of basketball? We can agree to disagree. But I get what you're saying. You want to see more offense. But then, my, do, do I go to the extreme now where they allow none of it? 
to where it's all offense. Right, and that's fine. All it is is offense. And there are certainly times where the game is becomes ridiculous in terms of the whistles and what's called and what's not called and what's allowed. My point is that doesn't mean that the lead that the players now are soft. Like I don't I don't think that I don't think that's a fair assessment across the board that the NBA player now is just soft. And there is contact in the NBA. There are fouls in the NBA. And things do get tighter and more physical. Not to the extent that it used to be. But playoff basketball is more physical than it is right now. And I think that a lot of things that we're remembering, because I saw it in this video yesterday, short of brawls, but physical plays and guys getting knocked on their rear end like you want, happened in playoff games. I don't know that they were happening in November and December. If they weren't, I'm forgetting about it, then then fine. But either way... I think that this love affair with the way the game used to be has gone to this to to the extreme now where it's ruining everything and leading people to these ridiculous conversations about guys being soft and weak and flopping, whatever. Wait, hold on a second. No, no, but the, the actions of the NBA team and the NBA player has led to this conversation because we've talked about load management. No, I, I see. I, I, I don't which see. Which became a, an extreme problem to the NBA where Adam Silver needed to adjust the schedule to make the schedule easier okay, well then, on the on modern NBA player's body. Here, here's where All we, of that is true. Here's where we disagree again. I don't think there's a straight line from, from, from weakening or you know uh, changing the rules to allow more free offensive play led the teams going, you know what we should do now is keep guys on the sideline for a couple games here and there. No, no, but it's 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 all part of the conversation. It's not a direct correlation. Well then it You're can't not, then it's not that then it's no, a different no, conversation. No, it's not a different conversation. But it is. It's all on the same page. If you look if you look at the modern NBA player now and look at how wide open the game is and the lack of and and really as comparatively to thirty years ago, the nine day difference in terms of physical contact. And then if I'm if I'm I'm also so I'm looking at that, and then I'm looking at the idea of okay, minimizing of the regular season, which they've done based on the way players have been handled in the regular season. But now realizing the very fact of Adam Silver coming to because they were getting embarrassed on those ABC Saturday night nationally televised games right. with all these stars sitting out, the fact that they needed to adjust the schedule to make the NBA regular season easier, easier. On the modern NBA player's body. Correct? Yes. That's all that they did. And I can't I can't term that as being soft. What do no. I term that as? I don't I don't think that's soft. What is it then? It's being proactive. Pro it's of being, course they're being proactive it's, it's being because they were, they were getting embarrassed. I'm no, 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 no the, not the NBA. The teams taking care of their guys is a proactive decision to make sure that they're good for the entirety of the NBA season. But wait a second. You what what makes it if if the game is less taxing on the body? Why do I have to play less? Because you're asking. Because this goes boils down to you are asking guys to reach an arbitrary milestone that you want them to reach. Nothing says they have to play eighty two games. No, it doesn't. Eighty two right games that. by itself is an arbitrary number. There, when you get there by science, there's no mathematical formula that this is the correct number of games to determine who the best NBA teams are for the playoffs. The point of the whole thing is to be left standing at the end, to put yourself in the best possible scenario to win the NBA championship, to win as many games as you possibly can. So the proactive decision comes, you know what? If I only think that if player X can give me 80 quality games, I want the last 25 of them to be in the spring when we're playing the playoffs. So I'm going to space out whether it's 
limiting minutes or pulling them out of a blowout or sitting them all together, that's the proactive decision that teams have come to the realization of makes sense. But, Andrew, if I look at the NBA season, if I look at the NBA season 30 years ago, Mm -hmm. the travel was a little bit more difficult. The schedule was more difficult. Moose, I know. The game was – hold on. Let me just finish what I'm saying. Okay. The schedule was more difficult. The travel was more difficult. The game was more physically taxing. And guys played 80 to 82 games a year. Right. Now, hold on. Let me. Just, and then now the game is less physical. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned it, more cardiovascular than anything else. Running up and down the court. Game is wide open. The travel's easier. The schedule's easier. And they play less. I mean, I don't. I, that that's as easy as it gets. And if no, you don't want to, if you don't want to term it as the softening of the NBA player, then that's fine. We could agree to disagree on on the way that you describe it. But the NBA player has changed. I mean, that that's it. I mean, it has. No, no, no. The as, thinking... as, as as science has advanced, as taking care of the body has advanced. Right. As, exactly. as athletes have taken care of their body better. Right. They play less. Right. And that's that's the that's the point. They play less. That's what's on the same page here. I'll think these players back in the 60s and the 70s that played through 82 games and a, a minute after minute after minute after minute and didn't get time off and played four times in five days and traveled in crappier planes and in crappier conditions and stayed in, pro- in worse hotels. I, like, they did all of those things against certain odds, but then we realized that things didn't have to be like that and travel got better and there were just different and then they started working out and eating better the next kind of thing coming here is sleep studies and you know teams will change how they travel whether you sleep at home and then get up and leave or go somewhere and sleep like there's we're we're talking about progress here and looking at how to do this efficiently and the way it was done guys survived it but that doesn't mean it was the right way to do it well, I mean, I, hold on a second. It doesn't. This doesn't necessarily mean this is the right way to do it. Well, and there's been a there's been right. a, well because not every not every team that uses uh, there's only one team that ends up being a champion at the end of the year, which we okay. But here. then, but then you then 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 that argument defeats everything else you could try and do. No, no, and whether, no, no. Yes, it, it does. It doesn't defeat anything. But here here's the deal. I, you also look at the leverage. The difference, you know, the you know the kind of the cherry on the top is the players have leverage more now. Than ever before. Sure, they do. And teams want to make the players, said player, happy. Right. And that's why this has become and is continues to be an issue for the NBA. This is why Doc is getting fined fifty thousand dollars. This is why you have you have Kawhi Leonard getting upset by the NBA detailing the left knee injury that he has with the patella injury. I mean, this is this all goes hand in hand because the player has more leverage now in the NBA than it ever has before, even during the days where the popularity was built on the backs of Jordan, uh, Larry, and Magic, and specifically Larry and Magic because of what they did at Indiana State and Michigan State. Yeah, I mean, and I, that championship game in the NCAA. There's, there's no way Lakers to— Lakers Celtics. There's, there's no way to, you know, to study this, to prove it, to redo things in some weird simulation. But, you know, my, my thought is— and maybe I'm 100% right or 100% wrong, but my thought is if, if you went back and figured out a way to reconfigure guys' careers and you know maybe they took a week off and rested an injury and instead of playing through one and making it worse, you know I think a lot of careers might have been this, different. I think seasons might have been different. 
we're but talking we, about something. We're talking about you know. Listen, we're talking about different things here. No, I mean, but we're not because the you idea, keep, I'm not. I'm not talking about guys going out there and you know and playing with severe injuries. I'm talking about guys when they're healthy playing. That's it. I, I listen. If you, I, I don't look at Kawhi Leonard, I don't look at that left knee injury as being a significant injury. I don't. You're, and you're probably right. I, I don't. I but, think that's all nonsense. But what we don't know me. is if Kawhi Leonard plays every single game right now. Even if he's, let's say, ninety five percent healthy, right? Let's just, right. but like, give him the benefit of the doubt that there's something not okay. correct with his patella tendon at the moment, right? Okay. So if they think that him playing back to back games right now, even at home, and I said this in the particular situation this week, that would that's an odd choice for me. Back to back home games, no travel, and you miss a game before we even get to national TV commitments. Just the fact that you've got back to back home games, like that's me to me one. I'd play in almost just shut everybody else up that I, Hey, I did. I played back to back games, but like when you throw in, then there's a travel involved, then it makes a little more sense. But anyway, I, what, what we're, what we're at is here is I, I, I still can't get away from the, like the idea that playing 82 games, it is an accomplishment, but to me, like it's just not, ask LeBron. it's not. Yeah. And you know, when he did that three years ago, I know. And he played 37 minutes. I per game, that. I know, and I don't, I, and I, and again, and it, if you it, didn't know, he let you it, know. It doesn't matter to me, but to go back to the caller being saying that LeBron wouldn't have survived in previous NBA eras, the dude at the you know in the back. I don't third agree of, with him there. I mean, right. I, LeBron. I mean, we'll, LeBron, LeBron James, LeBron, LeBron James <laughs> is a legendary talent, uh, and he's uh, he to me he's not the the best player that the sports ever seen. He's second best, but he's right there. I understand the argument. We're not going to get into that nonsensical argument about where he stands, but uh, he could play in any era. There are guys that could that could transcend the sport that could play in area any era, and LeBron is one of those guys. Let's quickly go out to Topeka, Kansas. It's Sean. It's CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Sean? Hey, guys. Um, interesting debate. Um, I just want to say I'm in my 50s, and um, okay, Bogus, don't blow up on me here. Let me finish, but Moose is exactly right. The game is a patsy cake, you shoot your threes, I'll shoot mine kind of a game. In 2003, they allowed zone defense in the game, and that changed the game. Games did not, rarely did games ever get to 100 points. And it wouldn't have been LeBron running into Isaiah. It would have been LeBron running into Bill Lambeer protecting the lane. And this is a much softer game. Um, I'll just leave it at that. And shh, don't tell anybody. I like it when Bogus is there. Don't tell that. Oh. <laughs> Sean, appreciate that. Sean, you're going to get me in a lot of trouble. Look at that. Uh, Sean, is, <laughs> Sean is the biggest Andrew Bogus fan CBS Sports Radio. Didn't ever. sound like my mom. No, it did not. No, out in Topeka. Beautiful. But he's right. Sean, you're right. But that's what you love. He doesn't agree with Bogish, but he loves Bogish. Come back. We'll mix a little NFL. By the way, LeBron weighs more than Bill Lambeer. Just what a reference I mean, come on now. Now? I think I don't think no. that's true now. <laughs> Bill Ambeer listed at 6'11", six, six 245. LeBron, 250. I understand. Let's run him into each no other. No one's debating the athlete that LeBron no, is. No, he just said that that Lambeer would be the one knocking James down. He would have been there. Let's he, see it. Well, I'll tell you this. Bill Lambeer was a tough son of a gun. Yeah, he was. He was not shy. He LeBron could have come steamrolling down the lane. Lambeer would have thrown his body right into him. He would have cross-checked him, knocked his rear end right on the court. Maybe. He would have tried to. 
Taz of the Moose, Mark Malusis, Bogus is in the house here on this Friday morning. In for Taz, who's off. We got college picks, NFL picks. We'll mix a little NFL into the course of the conversation. We did the Thursday night game earlier in the show. We'll talk about the Week 10 Sunday that will be next. CBS Sports Radio. Give Taz and the Moose a call. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Time right now to ask the pros uh, where you, the listener, get to ask us a question. Brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Go to cbssportsradio.com slash ask the pros. Submit your question. Be listening later on the show. We might answer your question. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices. Excellent customer service at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every single day. Maybe we'll have Bawami. Maybe we can wake Bawami up and he can answer the ask the pros question later on in the day. We'll do that a little later on. Mike, see if you can get in touch with Bawami. We'll figure out and we'll see what the questions are, if he'd be willing to maybe chime in and answer one of the Ask the Pros questions. I look forward to the adventure. Okay, there you go. <laughs> see if he's around. Uh, Bogus, what's going on this morning? Oh, that's right. It's update time. It's sponsored by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. They fell behind immediately, 10 nothing. Scored the next 14 points, then gave up 10 in a row to trail entering the fourth quarter. Four receivers left, single man to the right, that's Henry. Rivers at the shotgun, second and goal for the six. Clock moving 4-10 remaining in the ball game. Rivers clapping his hands. He wants the shotgun snap, he has it. Rivers back to throw. Rivers looking, fires over the middle, cut by Eckler, turns it up, he dives into the end zone. Touchdown, Chargers! That's Ryan Radke on Westwood 1. The problem for the Chargers, there were still four minutes to play. They took a lead, but had time to kill. The Raiders didn't let them do that. They drove 75 yards for Josh Jacobs. Go-ahead TD run with 62 seconds left. Then Phillip Rivers threw his third pick of the night. So the Raiders won 26-24 in their final meeting between these two rivals at the Oakland Coliseum. Five wins puts Oakland just outside the playoff picture in the AFC. Cowboys wideout Amari Cooper did not practice yesterday, but expects to be out there today, then plays Sunday night against the Vikings. Cooper diagnosed with just a knee bruise following an MRI. And NFL Network says Deion Sanders has emerged as a candidate for the Florida State head coaching job. Kawhi Leonard back from Tuesday's maintenance day, 27 points in the Clippers' 107-101 win over the Blazers. Head coach Doc Rivers fined 50 grand for not following the company line and saying Kawhi felt great despite needing that night off. The Celtics pushed their win streak to 6, 108-87 in Charlotte. Kemba Walker, 14 points in his first game against the Hornets. And Miami won in Phoenix, 124-108. 34 of those Miami points from Jimmy Butler, but he doesn't care. We just got to win. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. And I think every guy around the soccer room, everybody in this organization, that's why we do what we do. No matter who's the lean scorer, who has the most rebounds, as long as we win, we all have it. 
the Heat, Celtics, and Bucks all have six wins atop the Eastern Conference. Angels outfielder Mike Trout won his seventh Silver Slugger Award last night. Red Sox teammates Xander Bogarts and Mookie Betts also got one. Silver Sluggers go to the best offensive player at each position in each league based on voting from managers and coaches. And on ice last night, the Colorado Avalanche blitzed the Predators 9-4. Six of those goals came in an eight-minute span in the second period. Moose? All right, Andrew, appreciate it. Let's run around the league, shall we, a little bit here for Week 10, the Sunday that will be. When you look at the matchups around the league, and for my money, I think one of the – just based on the pure ineptness of both franchises, I think locally to where we broadcast from here in NYC, I think the Jets and Giants is an intriguing matchup. you got two quarterbacks that have shown you flashes but have also shown you some troubling issues. you got two head coaches that seem like they can't get out of their own way. Second year for Pat Shermer, first year for Adam Gase. Uh, and both of them look lost for completely different reasons. Uh, you know, I, I do think you know Shermer has a game plan. I think his in-game strategy leaves you scratching your head, and he doesn't learn from previous mistakes. And I don't know what the Adam Gaze game plan is, uh, <laughs> and I don't know exactly what he does all week long, Bogus, to put said game plan together. I mean, reportedly he never sleeps. So I, he must be working on something, but whatever he's working on just doesn't work. Yeah, it's almost like, and I, and you know, for the record, and I think you were with with me on this. I mean, I the, the fact that the Jets hired him yeah, in the first him. place was the wrong choice. Agreed. Um, I didn't think it might it was going to get this bad this quickly, um, which may end up being a blessing in disguise that maybe they're forced to acknowledge their mistakes sooner rather than later. Uh, but it's almost like he does too much that he's too locked in, that he's too intense, that there's too much preparation and too much analysis. And and then you throw in, you know, the oddity of the eyes and the demeanor and the hat pulled low and the and his his posture has been diagnosed and dissected here in New York. And that might be you know the after effect of all these hours or completely disconnected from them. But you put it all together and it's just it's just a mess. I mean, I, I even saw this in the Miami game when Donald threw that pick, Moose, where you know he's getting tackled and he just like throws it up in the air near the goal and it gets picked off. When he walks back to the sideline, he walks by, you know, kind of sheepishly, like looking at Adam Gase, and Gase doesn't even look at Donald. Yeah, like looks back on the field, and Donald walks by. Like he couldn't even bring himself to look at his sophomore quarterback, who he's there to make an elite player. No doubt. Like, half the reason why Gase has this job is because Peyton Manning loved him, and they thought that they could he could make Sam Darnold into something like Peyton Manning. So it's almost like Gase should be going and picking up Darnold from the interception and going, it's going to be okay, sweet boy. It's going to be okay. Like, petting him on the head and bringing him back to the bench, getting him his Gatorade or his orange slice, his banana, and talking him up and getting him. And now he's so angry... He can't even look at the kid I know. and diagnose what's going on and give him a little pat in the butt and get him going back in the right direction. And his job there was to help it was to help Sam Darnold get better. Right, and not be angrier at no, him. No, not be angry. Not, and, and maybe he felt at that stage he needed a little bit of tough love. But I, that I to me is not tough. That, 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 no, and I, I could be completely wrong, but it sounds like you saw the same thing and, and felt the same way. Like It's one thing to yell at somebody. To get in his face, to get in his ear, to sit down next to him on the bench. But to and, avoid him. But to avoid him, like you, I can't even talk to you right now. Like that, like when I've I, I've always heard this. My parents, you know, were not um, not. I wasn't. I was a. 
I was good, Moose, growing up. If you told me I had to do something, I didn't do it again because I didn't want to be in trouble. So I had very few experiences with my parents, like, really being angry at me. Okay. But the times I remember them being angry like at me. Like dream child. Like, the worst times were when they wouldn't talk to you about it. Like, that's the spooky one. Yeah. When they're so angry, they that, can't even put it into right, words or look a, at you. They need a personal time. Like, out. that's the bad one. I agree with you. And that. that's what happened on Sunday, and I don't, and it's just, it's it's set up for disa- further disaster for the Jets right I don't now. disagree, and I still think Donald's a player. And, Me too. And I do still think that, uh, I do think that uh, Danny, jo- Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones is going to be a player for the Giants, but... You got to go through this, uh, some of this progression, and Donald's got to get better real quick here uh, and start to learn from his mistakes and can't be so loose with the football. How about the Kansas City Chiefs? We chatted, you know, we chatted with Dave McGinnis yesterday, uh, former head coach, uh, Titans Radio Network, as uh, the Titans get set to take on the Chiefs this weekend. Patrick Mahomes is basically tracking the play yeah. this Sunday for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, uh, full go at practice. You know, he's worked his way from that dislocated kneecap, and it could have been obviously a more severe injury than what it turned out to be. But the, as long as he's healthy and ready to go, and if he's practicing full and he's set to go, you know what? Patrick Mahomes should play Sunday against Tennessee. You know, not to restart the conversation, but there's a little Kawhi Leonard in this Patrick Mahomes situation for the Chiefs. Now, Mahomes, we, we saw his knee get popped back into place. Uh, we saw that on TV. So, I mean, he has... We know where he's coming from in this, but where I see the Kawhi Leonard or like or the idea of load management um, is that the Chiefs have bigger fish to fry than the Titans in Week Ten. Yeah. So you know where do you err on the side of caution here and almost give Mahomes one week too many to get right as opposed to putting him right back in the instant that he's ready. Now he's gonna. It certainly seems he's gonna play Sunday. And came really close to playing last week, it appeared, too. So, I mean, I expect well, him to be out there Sunday. maybe last week was the week they gave him a, and, a, right. an extra week. And that's a fair point, too. Um, I, I, I I wish I was in that room with all of the knowledge and trying to figure you, out what to do because you, it's a tough call. No, it is. But, Andrew, I would – and now, I listen, I know people make bad choices and right. stupid mistakes all the time. I would think that if you're the Chiefs, Understanding what Mahomes is as the most dynamic quarterback in the National Football League, the asset that you have in front of you that is representing your franchise, I would imagine they're they're using extreme caution. I would would think so, too. And you may be right that last week he could have played, but they said, you know what, let's chill for one more week. week. And then, you know, the Colts have a similar decision because a sprained MCL was, for Jacoby Brissett, was presented as best case news when – he initially got hurt and went for an MRI, and it never came back to that game on Sunday. But it's still an injury, and a sprained ligament means that there's a little bit, I don't know why they use confusing wording, but when you have a sprained ligament, there's a little bit of a tear in that ligament. So, like, that's and that's how you go from grade to grade to grade of a sprain. So, like, he's legitimately hurt, and they don't have a cushion like the Chiefs do, but they're in the same spot where it's like, hey, do I push him back on the field and risk that becoming a real injury, or do we hold him off for one more week and see what you know that he's really, really fine to play? But again, he looks like he's going to go this weekend too, the way he's been tracking in practice, right? And trying to give it a go as they get set to entertain the Miami Dolphins for the Indianapolis Colts. And I think even though the Miami Dolphins have played more spirited football and they beat the Jets last weekend, that's a tough go going into Indianapolis. And I think the Colts conceivably. Is in, unless Brian Hoyer imploded, I think they could win that game with Hoyer at quarterback 
if they're able to yeah. run the football effectively enough and play solid defense. It might be a tighter game with Hoyer at quarterback, right. but it would be a win nonetheless um, as compared to then rolling Jacoby Brissett out there coming off that sprained MCL. Yeah, I mean, they certainly have a cushion, To with all due respect to the Dolphins. They, they at home against a team that's basically hoping not to win, but if they luck into one, thanks to the Jets last week, they'll take it. Um, so they do have that in their favor, but, you know, the they're not the Chiefs either. No, and they're, they're not. The, in general, they have less room for error than the Chiefs do. No, I don't disagree with you there. Um, out to Pittsburgh we go as the Steelers get set to entertain the Rams. It's a late game on Sunday out at Heinz Field as the night will fall and uh, the Rams come to town. And this is not a Rams perspective. It's more about a Pittsburgh perspective because, you know, Mike Tomlin over recent years, whether it be Bradshaw a couple years ago, um, and people have kind of roundly criticized Mike Tomlin. It's kind of become the thing to do, right, as in terms of being a game manager how he handles timeouts, how he handles challenges, what they do on third and fourth and short here, Andrew. But I'll tell you, uh, he's done not a good. He's done a remarkable job this year with a Steeler team that Le'Veon Bell finally left in free agency where they parted ways with Antonio Brown, where Ben Roethlisberger tears a ligament in his elbow, uh, you know, the second week of the year and is done for the season. Then you lose your backup quarterback in Mason Rudolph, and you're playing a pure rookie. Uh, the issues that they have on defense, the trading for Minka Fitzpatrick. I will say this: the fact that the Steelers are a 500 football team yeah. entering Week 10. That's as and, and it's his entire staff. I get it. You know, people got to get off the back of Mike Tomlin. He's done a hell of a job with that Pittsburgh team. I don't think they're going anywhere, but the fact that they're four and four yeah. through eight, you know, after eight games and nine weeks, that's a hell of a job by Tomlin. Well, I was one of those guys wondering if it was time. It was reminding me of Andy Reid with the Eagles, that it might have just been time for somebody else to be in charge of the Steelers, the roster getting older, that ugly home playoff loss to the Jaguars, Le'Veon Bell's holdout, Antonio Brown's antics. It, it felt like maybe that Coach Tomlin just didn't have control of the situation anymore. But lo and behold, he actually might have been doing a good job through all of that nonsense, not a bad one. True. And now that all the headaches are gone, and even post-Roethlisberger, everything you just laid out, he's back to being a good football coach. To me, at one point, he might have been the third best coach in the NFL. I probably would have put Carroll and obviously Belichick ahead of him. I don't think he's the third guy anymore. But he's in the top 10 for sure, the way yeah, he's, he's doing the, his job this year. I don't think there's any doubt. And I, I think anyone that's criticizing him and uh, or has criticized him in the past has got to kind of uh, tip the cap to the job that he's done this season. I think it's been absolutely remarkable uh, what they've done. The final one would be the Sunday Night Affair. How about Minnesota and the Cowboys? we got NFL picks coming your way a little bit later on in the program. But how about the the Vikings going on the road in Dallas taking on the Cowboys? That's a hell of a Sunday night affair. The question I have, can Kirk Cousins play well against a good team? Yeah, you know, this is a good primetime week altogether. I mean, Chargers-Raiders is a pretty good Thursday night. And then Seahawks-Niners on Monday with this one in between. I mean, those are three. That's almost as good as you can get when you factor in Thursday night football for a primetime rundown. Um, Yeah, I I like the Vikings in this game. I do. Even I know Thielen's not going to be out there. Uh, I think that they learned a lesson or two about how they get slowed down last week. Dalvin Cook kept in check by the Chiefs. I think they bounced back a little bit. I know that the Cowboys are, I don't know if it's this week, but maybe Leighton Van Der Esch is back there soon. But um, yeah, I think this is going to be a fun one, a tight scoring game. And I, 
I don't know why I'm leaning to Minnesota on the road. Everything else will tell you not to go that way, but I, I kind of like him in this one. Well, yeah, I can understand that. I can understand that. I could see, uh, you know. Because you know what? The Cowboys way. aren't that good. No, they're not. They're as right. good as they think they are. Yeah, you're not. And, and they seem to love to get in their own way. And they also seem to love to get off to slow starts in these games. The only game they've got off to a really good start was when they destroyed the Eagles. I mean, you know, you know. aside from that, they've got – and the Eagles were turned the football over on their first two possessions of that game, I believe. Uh, we'll come back. we got some college picks for you next. It's Taz of the Moves. Bogish in for Taz, who's off on this Friday morning. CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. The Taz and Moose picks are for fun only. This is not for gambling purposes, just some chuckles and a good time. Enjoy the Taz and Moose picks now. Listen irresponsibly. It's now time for the Taz and Moose College Football Picks. The three picks you need to know. All right, here we go. I was one and two last week. Taz was two and one. He's uh, 18, 11, and one. I'm 19 and 11 on the year. So there you go. Half game lead. Let's get to it. Some college selections. We're up to week 11 of the college football season. Let's start with uh, let's start with the big one, shall we? Uh, no, we'll get to the big one. Let's start with Penn State, Maryland. That's the other big one uh, of the weekend. Laying six and a half are the Nittany Lions going on the road in Minnesota to get the Golden Gophers, and I'm going to take Penn State. I'm going to lay the six and a half. That's going to be game number one for me. The way love the way that Sean Clifford's been throwing the football. You look at Minnesota, they've had a little bit of a soft schedule. This is certainly a stern test. And listen, Fleck has done a great job this year with the Minnesota Golden Gophers. There's no question about it. Deserves the contract extension that he just got. And that keeps Florida State off of his back. Give me Penn State, though. Too good offensively. I think they play well. Weather's not going to be an issue up there in Minnesota. Give me the uh, Nittany Lions laying six and a half. That's pick number one for me. What do you got, Mike? What's Taz got? Uh, Taz has the same thing. Uh, Penn State minus six and a half, so everything you said. All right. Uh, Andrew, what do you got? Yeah, I'm with you guys on that one as well. Minnesota, it's a great story. Undefeated right now. P.J. Fleck, much-deserved extension this week. But the Golden Gophers haven't seen a team like Penn State this year. Three easy or at least weak opponents on paper, non-conference. And then they played five you know, at the bottom Big Ten feeders, so to speak. So this is a big step up in competition for them. Even at home, I think Penn State handles them fairly easily. All right, let's uh, go to the second game. 3.30 kickoff down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Alabama and LSU, and Alabama is laying six. And, you know, Tua, maybe, maybe not in terms of that quarterback for the Crimson Tide. Look at Joe Burrow this year. He's got uh, 30 touchdown passes and just four interceptions. I'm going to take LSU on the road at Alabama. I think the Tide can win the game. I think it's going to be a very, very tight game. I think this could be a, you know, a field goal late for the Crimson Tide. Give me LSU laying uh, plus the six on the road in Alabama. That's game number two for me. What do you got, Mike? Taz as well. LSU plus six, so everything you said. All right. Andrew, what do you got? Same for me, Moose. Back to you. No, no, seriously. We yeah, can't all I, pick I, the same teams, same games. I think, I, uh, well, here's my, my issue with Alabama. They don't play elite defense the way they used to, which would be obviously huge for, huge for them in this game, regardless of opponent, just to be able to lean on that defense because of Tua's ankle. But Tua's ankle was an issue a month after the fact when he had the same injury and the same procedure in the playoffs. He's now three weeks, if that, in between 
injury and game action. So I don't think if he plays and he seems he's going to play, I don't think he's going to be anywhere close to the Tua he needs to be for them to win this game. So give me LSU to win it. All right, LSU to win it for you. You like him to win the game outright. I like him to win the game outright. There you go. So we're all on LSU on Saturday. So roll with the tide. All right, game three for me. Um, I'm going to take Wisconsin. I'll lay the nine at home against Iowa. We, we know how good Jonathan Taylor's been this year with the 15 touchdown passes, and we know that Wisconsin season has kind of imploded, whether it be the loss to Illinois and then getting absolutely destroyed by Ohio State. However, Iowa is not Ohio State. I'm going to take the Badgers. I'll lay the nine. They're home, 4 o'clock Eastern time. Kick, Fox game. I think Wisconsin rolls Iowa. That's game number three for me. Game three for Taz, Mike. And the final one for Taz, he likes Oklahoma minus 14 and a half at home versus Iowa State. There you have it. Andrew? I got a little Big Ten gamble for you here. The uh, the number one team in the CFP land, the Ohio State Buckeyes, taking on Maryland this weekend. I think if I assume a team that beat Rutgers at some point this year. Uh, I'm going to roll with the Terps, though. They're getting 43 and a half at the shoe. They ain't winning that bad boy, but they're not losing by more than 43 and a half points. Oh, so you like Maryland plus the 43 Maryland and a half. and the points. Maryland plus the points. That's a all Bob right, Bogus so, special. So here we have it. We're all in agreement on Penn State laying the points. All in agreement on LSU plus the points. My third game is I'm taking Wisconsin laying the nine. Taz is taking Oklahoma laying the 14 and a half. And Bogus is taking Maryland plus 43 and a half against the Buckeyes of Ohio State. All right. There you go. Well done. The three comes your way next. It's a Friday edition of Taz and the Moose. You know where you're at. You're locked into it. CBS Sports Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.